Hey guys, this is Brett. I'm the lead pastor at Engage City Church right here in Spruce Grove, Alberta, Canada. Thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to listen. We love you and we hope you enjoy this. Wonderful. Uh, Mark chapter one. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, who later was named Peter, and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living otherwise known as fishermen. Jesus called out to them. He says, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Or other translations say, you're a fisherman. Let me show you how to be a fisher of men. And immediately they dropped their nets. They left their boats. They left their families. They left their jobs. They left their careers and they went to follow Jesus. Now, that's the one thing that we love and we hate. We like to make fun of Peter for. As I said, Simon in this story was renamed Peter later because he's always just like all or nothing, go, whatever. He's chopping people's ears off. He's doing all these crazy things. He's saying, Jesus, I'm gonna die with you and then denying him later. He's just kind of impulsive. But in this moment, Jesus calls me, says, hey, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you what purpose looks like. And Peter Knows a good thing when he sees it because they just filled up all of their boats and all their friends' boats with fish. And he says, I'm following that guy. Drops everything and walks after Jesus. This is the same guy who, when he saw Jesus approaching on the water, he just jumped over and said, I'm going to come to you and started walking towards Jesus. The thing that we know about Peter is as long as he's got his eyes on Jesus, he's going to be okay. The moment he starts looking in any other direction, he starts getting a little shaky. And the thing is, You and I are the exact same way. Today, I want to continue our series made for Monday, and I want to dive a little further in. We've been looking at King David and King Solomon. We're going to go there, and then we're going to pivot to Abraham today. So we're going to move over to 2 Samuel 11 uh, in the first verse of 2 Samuel 11. This is King David. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. There's a couple of things that we want to take note of in this portion of Scripture. The first thing is, in the spring of the year, when kings normally go to war. Now, there was a a tradition, if you would. It was the way life worked. In the springtime, uh, instead of having, like, NHL or hockey coming back or sport coming back, that was the time that everyone went to war. They just took the winter off because everyone wanted to hibernate, and they come out in the springtime, and they all fight the battles and take new territory, take new ground, and then they go to the off-season, and then they see who's going to win next time. So that's what they do. Every spring, they come out. But this time... Israel is such a force, and his army is such a force that David goes, you know what, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for this. You know, I'm not going to leave. My palace is comfortable. I, I feel good. I feel nice. i got a great general. I've got a great army. I'm just going to stay home. I'm just going to hang out. The springtime, when the king normally goes to war, David sent out the boys who crushed, who won, who brought him victory, but he just decided to stay home. Bad things happen when you just decide to stay and settle in and put on your comfy pants and just stay inside because it was just moments later, as we've talked about before, that David just happened to notice this beautiful lady bathing on her rooftop next to the palace. And a whole bad series of events happened right after this moment. But 
they happened, the root cause is that David stayed home when he should have gone to war. He settled in. He got comfortable, and things began to crumble. Do you ever uh, have that moment when it's like, I don't know, Thursday night, and you're like, wow, it's been a long week. I can't believe Friday's here. And you get home. You get changed. You put your favorite sweatpants on. Does anyone have favorite sweatpants? Okay. <laughs> favorite hoodies. Whatever. You put your comfy clothes on, get the kids to bed. Or if your kids are older, you're like, please leave. And <laughs> you sit on the couch, and I guess you either put on Grey's Anatomy or you turn on Netflix and you find a show. You scroll for four hours and you find a show, but you get settled in with all your snacks and your Snuggie and all the things, and you say these famous words, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not moving. I'm just settled. I just settled in. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. A couple weeks ago, we were about to move the bus to, to get some of the sanding started. When we went out to move it, uh, we realized that we had parked it just off of the gravel roadway. And it's a 40-foot transit bus, and that's really large, and the ground was really soft. And the bus just began to sink into the ground to the point where we had, uh, well, the rut was as deep as this. And the wheels all settled in, and we, uh, we all got stuck. So there's two of us. We're like, okay, well, we're not going to push it out because that's not a thing. So we started rocking it, you know, like just like running it up and down. We got no traction. It couldn't move forward because it started to settle into the ground, and it got stuck in this, in this big rut. So eventually we just backed up the, the GMC, the diesel, and we put a chain on the front bar, and we just started pulling it forward, and then we got us a little bit of traction. We put a chain on the back. We pulled it out. We just yanked that bad boy out, and I felt accomplished, you know? I drove the truck, and I felt good about it. Now, Ken, who's driving the bus, did all the hard stuff. He was managing the ruts, but sometimes you get settled, and once you get settled in, you just get into these ruts that are maybe deeper than you anticipated or bigger than you thought. Maybe you lose some traction, and that moment begins to, to dawn on you where, oh, I, I'm, I'm just not going anywhere. The same thing is true for our lives it is, as it is for the bus. Sometimes in life we can just kind of settle in one spot and what we don't realize is happening is that spot has some soft ground to it. It's not the firm foundation that we're necessarily used to and all of a sudden the proverbial wheels of our life start to settle into these large, big, muddy ruts and we get stuck and we spin our tires over and over and over again, and yet we don't move anywhere. Let's jump back to Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. While we're on, there, on the way there, if you got a, anyone a paper Bible, nobody does these days. Uh, but if you do, I'm just going to pretend that I'm going to wait for you to turn there like we would go old school, hear the pages flapping. And then I would give you a verse in between to, to appear more spiritual. But in Romans 15, 4... The Apostle Paul, oh, that's the thing. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he, he, he shared that 
the Old Testament scriptures are there for our learning, that we can, we can learn and we can grasp principles, concepts, ideas from the story of these people's lives, from these people's lives. Though the old covenant is gone, Jesus has fulfilled it and we live in a new one. And those rule, regulations, obligations, we don't have to live by those anymore. We can turn back and look back and learn from the lives that are found here. So in Genesis chapter 11, it says this, one day Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, uh, his son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. And you're like, okay, that was a fun verse. What are we doing here? Let's flash forward to Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7, this was Stephen's reply as he's preaching to the crowd. And moments later, he gets stoned. You'll also notice that Abram's name has changed to Abraham. We don't have time to get into that significance of that name change. But uh, Abram, Abram in Genesis and Abraham are the same dude. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, leave your land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and, left, uh, and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. In scripture, this land that they now live, that they all understood when Luke was writing these words, was what we know as the promised land. The promised land. Abraham was promised a piece of land that's known as the promised land, given to all of Israel by God. Abraham was called from where he lived to leave where he lived, to, to leave everything behind, his family, his stuff, his everything, just, just, just leave and, and, and follow God forward and move into the promised land. But, you know, he's a sentimental guy, and so he brings along the whole family. And Abram presented this idea to his dad, Terry. He said, hey, dad, I think we need to move. We need to find, you know, a more promising land. Now, this wouldn't have been too strange as they were a nomadic culture, so moving to a more fruitful place seemed like a good idea. It seemed like uh, a good location. Uh, so they, they started the journey of moving forward, not knowing where they were going, just knowing that they had to move. Now, they get to a place called Haran, which ironically was the name of Abraham's brother. And they just stop in this place. God didn't tell them to stop, but they just decided. Terah just decided. The dad, he's like, I'm the dad here. Even though God spoke to Abraham and gave the word to Abraham, he said, you got to move. Uh, Abraham let his dad lead. And his dad said, we're going to settle in right here. Maybe it was the nostalgia of the place. I don't know. But they just decided to stop right there. They just settled in. Now, God didn't tell them to stop. God had a plan. He had a place called the promised land for them. He had plans and purposes and dreams and visions and ideas for Abraham. And Abraham felt this. He was drawn. But in that moment, he just couldn't help but follow the natural order of things. You know, his dad's kind of his dad. And if his dad, he's grumpy and he's, you know, he's whatever. We'll just follow dad. It's not worth the fight. And so they just settled in, waited for dad to die. Now, what's interesting about Abraham's name is that that name, Terah, 
literally means delay or wait or a station as in like stopped. <laughs> so it maybe that says something about his character or his mentality that I just, I just, we just have to, we just have to wait here. We just have to stop. But what happened in that moment when Abraham decided to uh, listen to his dad's voice instead of listening to God's voice is he decided that compromise was going to be his leader, that he was going to follow the voice of what seemed like reason instead of following the voice of promise. Instead of following the voice of destiny and direction, he would follow the logical, rational, right here, right in front of me thing. And you know what? This is kind of nice. This is better than the last spot. It's kind of better. Yeah, it's nice, but it's not what God had intended for you. Yeah, it's okay, but it's not the best. Listen, it's good, but it's not great. I wonder how many of us have heard the voice of God calling us forward, calling us to move into a new season, a new direction. Maybe it's a new pathway, a new career, a new opportunity, whatever it might be. And we get about halfway there and we go like, oh, you know what? This is pretty good. This is pretty good. And then we just stop right there. We, we settle in. We put on our comfy pants. We go, you know what? This, this feels good. This is enough effort exerted. This feels just about right. This is fine right here. And we just begin to settle into the goodness of God, but we forgot that on the other side of good was great. That God had something else for you. He had more for you. You see, when we are partial with our obedience, we delay the purposes of God in our life. When we're partial with our obedience, we delay the purposes of God in our life. It is possible that you might feel stuck. It may feel like you're just settled in, like you're just spinning your wheels over and over and over again. And it's possible that you feel that way because you settled for good instead of God. I was watching, uh, I don't know what I was watching, and uh, a commercial came on. Probably watched the Oilers lose, actually. And uh, this Mercedes commercial comes on, and the, it gets dramatic, and, you know, the cars are driving, and everything looks awesome, and it goes, Mercedes, the best or nothing. And I'm like, that's a weird commercial. Like, it's a weird thing to say. And then I realized that most of us, when we hear the voice of God, if we're not careful, if we, if we don't just choose to follow him one step at a time, most of us settle for anything but the best, even though that's what God has planned and purpose for us. Maybe we hate Monday simply because every time we walk out the front door, we're reminded that we settled. So I guess the question that we have to wrestle with this morning is where have you settled? In what area of your life have you settled? In what area of your journey have you just decided, you know what, this is, this is good enough? Because I want to tell you and I want to remind you That even though the journey has its up and downs, even though there's some treacherous parts, 
It's worth it when you follow the voice of God, when you follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you and he gives you a promise and he gives you some direction. He says, just just move this way. Just move in this direction. Just follow me one step at a time. I can tell you it's worth the journey, but sometimes we get halfway through and you're like, enough. It's hard and there's moments where it just feels like it's just more comfortable to settle in right here, but I just want to remind you That as comfortable as it is to settle, you will never be satisfied with the settle. But here's the good news. Jesus Christ is known as what I like to call the comeback king. See, Abraham, the moment that his dad died, he started moving forward again. The moment his dad, the moment the waiting was over, the delay was out of the way. Abraham started moving forward. So how do we get out of being settled? How do we get out of a rut? How do we get, get, get ourselves moving forward? Now, here's the real honest truth. There's no way for you to get out of being settled. There's only one way that you can get out. You got to get yanked out the same way that we yanked out that bus. You got to just... Chain her up and hit the gas and let her rip out of that mud. So how do we do that? Psalm 40. You might know this from a famous U2 song called Also 40, which if you're using the U version Bible app and following along with our notes, I included a link to U2's 40 on your notes for you. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me. He heard my cry, and he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my steps. You can't yank yourself out, but Jesus can pull you out. So if you feel like you're set or you're, you're, you're settled, you feel like you're stuck, you feel like you're spinning your wheels, it's as simple as Jesus. I know that I've stopped right now. I know that you've, you've got something better for me. I know that you, you, were, you were calling me to something else, and I just kind of stopped right here. And maybe it was the best intention, with, with the best intentions that you stopped right here. Maybe it felt like life got in the way. Maybe it felt like things got too busy or stuff got too expensive. But is it possible that Jesus was trying to teach you something along the way that instead of caving into life getting in the way that maybe Jesus wanted you to bring those things along with you maybe if it felt too big for you that he was just going to show you his faithfulness he was going to teach you how good he he is because what I do know to be true from my own life is that wherever there is a vision there is always provision from God so it's possible that those moments that we're tempted to just kind of I don't know if I can make it. We just need to acknowledge that we can't make it on our own and that we need Jesus to help us move forward. So Jesus can yank us out. He can pull us up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay. And you know what we have to do to access that? Ask. But connecting back to our last series in Hebrews 12, when it says patient endurance is what you need now. When you're settled in the moment and you feel like you're stuck and you cry out for help, wait with patient endurance, knowing that the faithfulness of God is coming at just the right moment, at just the right time to yank you out. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and he heard my cry. I think one of the plagues of the human condition is that we just try and make things happen. And what happens when you try and get out like we did with the bus is you spin your wheels and the rut gets deeper and deeper and deeper 
and deeper. So we patiently wait for the Lord when we call. But we got some more good news. Hebrews 6, there is, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain and into God's inner sanctuary. You're like, I don't understand how this connects. One anchor on a boat holds you back. It holds you in place. When you anchor to Jesus, he pulls you up and out because he's moving you forward, moving you closer and closer to him, closer and closer to his purpose. So while an anchor on this earth holds you back, when we anchor our souls to Jesus, he is a strong and a trustworthy soul, and he anchors us up and he anchors us out, drawing us closer and closer to him and moving us onto his pathway, stepping, helping us step into his purpose. Abram, though, Abraham experienced the same thing. But I want to I show you what it looks like to live on the other side. To cry out for help. To wait for the delay and then start moving forward. This is what it looks like on the other side. Because I think sometimes we think that when we stop settling, that when we start moving into God's plan, that it's just going to feel really, really good all the time and always. Like I, I think sometimes in church we've done a disservice for people when we say, if you just follow Jesus, everything's going to be better. And the truth is everything is going to be better, but it doesn't mean everything's going to be easier. It just means that we have Jesus to walk with us through everything and our perspective begins to change on what's good, bad, and ugly. But this is what it looked like on the other side when you begin to move forward into the promise of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Okay, awesome. I was not sure for a moment. Come on up. I'm going to drink out of this uh, limited edition mug. Available for purchase next week. <laughs> it's a matte white ceramic with a gloss logo, so it's nice. <clears throat> On the other side. Your favorite three words. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. And he went there without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. So to put that in normal language that we can understand, it was by faith that Abraham got up and left. It was by faith that God pulled him out. It was by faith that he moved forward. It was by faith that he moved in. It was by faith that he arrived and it was by faith that he was stayed and he didn't even know where he was going and he didn't know when he got there but he knew that as long as he was following Jesus one step at a time that God would provide for him and when he got there he's like, you know what? This is amazing but I'm looking forward to something better and that something better is being in eternity with Jesus. 
I don't know if you noticed the riff or the refrain in the story, but it was by faith. It was by faith. It was by faith. It might seem scary to get unsettled, to get unstuck. It might seem like it's it's terrifying to take that next step forward. But can I tell you, as long as you're walking with Jesus, you don't need to know the answer. You just need to know the person who's got the answer and who's got the plan. And know that he's walking with you and that his promise is that he would never leave you or forsake you. That surely his goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. You're like, you say that all the time. I say it all the time because we still don't believe it yet. So though it's scary to move forward, it's it's scary to get unstuck. It's scary to get yanked out because you're like, what's this going to do to me if I just get, I'm just, I'm just used to being here. You might be used to being here, but you've settled for good. And God says, I got something great for you. I got something better. I want, there's so much more inside of you. See, when we, we settle for average, when we are okay with being stuck, we settle for less than even our personal potential. We don't live up to or come anywhere close to the person that God created us to be. And I don't want that for you. So I wear this shirt that says made for Monday because I'm not afraid of Monday because I know that on Monday when I leave this place and I wake up tomorrow, I'm taking one step closer to the promise of God. I'm taking one step forward. We're moving closer and closer and closer. We're following Jesus one step at a time and he's got something better just around the corner and bigger and better doesn't always mean what you think it means. What it often means is I'm getting closer to Jesus because my eyes, as the longer I trust him, my eyes start shifting off of what happens here and it starts shifting up to there and more I look up there more stuff seems to get sorted out down here. How do we do this? Hebrews 12 too, you know it as well as I know it. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. You know, other translations says that the champion who authors and finishes our faith, who brings it to completion. You're like, wow, I don't know what the next chapter of my life is going to look like. It's okay, you know the author. I don't know how I'm going to close this thing. It's all right. You know the finisher. But I just feel like I'm incomplete and I'm whatever. That's all right. He's perfecting you. And he's perfecting it in the process. Oh, I don't know if I have the courage. Oh, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates. So Jesus, I'm going to pray right now. So if you want to bow your heads, close your eyes, you can do that. If not, you can keep them open and stare at me awkwardly. Jesus, I thank you that right here in this moment that you are dropping and depositing courage all over this room. Lord, that in this moment, 
You're speaking directly into hearts, lives, situations, and into minds, and you're depositing courage. You're, you're putting a little fire, a little spark. Though there was a flickering flame, you're starting to blow on that bad boy. And so, Lord, in this place, we thank you for courage. We thank you for the courage to move forward. We thank you for the courage not to settle. Lord, for those of us who have not settled in, who are already stepping out by faith, Father, I thank you that you are with them, and I thank you that you're reminding them even right now that they don't have to be afraid that you called them forward and you called them by name and you know their situation you're taking care of it you're taking care of the details you're taking care of the cash you're taking care of it all because if we follow you one step at a time we're walking into promise and even if it's by faith and we don't know where we're going we know you and you know where we're going Jesus we're thankful today on Thanksgiving that we don't have to walk through life alone, that we don't have to stay stuck, that we don't have to stay trapped, that we don't have to stay in this place that you're calling us forward and you're pulling us up and you're pulling us out. If we would let you. So Father, bring to our hearts and our minds right now the areas that we're settling I'm talking about the small stuff too, the areas that we like to keep locked off and locked away so that nobody knows about. God, would you remind us of those things because we're one complete person. We're not compartmentalized. And if we're settling in any one area, it's impacting the rest of us. God, give us the courage to address those areas, to invite you into those spaces and places. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today, since every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, if you've never decided to put your hope, your faith, and your trust in Him, then this is your moment and this is your time. It's not a mistake that you're here. In fact, I would go as far to say that Jesus has been tracking you down for a long time and He's here to meet you right here today in the intersection called Hope, Life, and Destiny. And He's ready to get you unstuck. So if you're here today and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, you've never made the decision to invite him into your life, you've never made the decision to surrender your life fully to him. You know, we're not just settling for Jesus as Savior, but we're surrendering to you as Jesus as Lord of our lives. So if that's you today for the first time or maybe the 32nd time, maybe you're coming back around, but you're making that choice right here, right now to follow Jesus, to put your trust in him. You're asking him to wash away everything in your life, to forgive you of your sins, and to start your life with him. Give me a wave. I'm going to count down from three as I'm counting every person in this room that's been exactly where you are, is praying for you right now. So if that's you, give me a wave. In three two, one. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Awesome. Let's repeat this prayer after me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say, dear Jesus. We're going to have to say it louder than that. Dear Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. Now, more than ever, I need you. So I invite you in. And I give you everything. Every part. My wins. My losses. My sins. My successes. 
It's all yours. Forgive me, Jesus, for not trusting you. Because from this moment on, I choose you and I'm following you with my whole life, my whole heart. And everybody said, amen. Hey, can we give a big round of applause for those who prayed that prayer for the very first time? Hey, thanks so much for listening. I know God's got a great plan and a purpose for you, and I know that it's not a mistake that you were listening to this message today. So if you want to reach out, if you need somebody to talk to, you, feel free to send us an email, hello at engagechurch.ca. Uh, if you want to learn more about our church, you want to come check us out live and in person uh, for the real deal, then get all the information online at engagechurch.ca. I'm Brett. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're running or you're at the gym right now, you got this. Go get it.